Hello everyone and welcome back to the Shuttle Pod. This is the third episode in our ongoing Picard coverage. I'm Brian Drew and I am here with Kelly Yacovino. Hey everybody. And Matt Wright. Hey guys. So we'll be covering the third episode, The End is the Beginning, which was written by Michael Chabon and James Duff and directed by Hanalee Culpepper. And we have a synopsis provided to us by Memory Alpha, which Kayla will now read. All right. Completely unaware of her special nature, Soji continues her work and captures the attention of the Borg Cube Research Project's executive director. After rehashing past events with a reluctant Rafi, Picard seeks others willing to join his search for Bruce Maddox, including pilot and former Starfleet officer Cristobal Rios. All right. So what do we think, gang? I liked it. Um, overall, I was very happy to reach the end of this three-episode arc because um, I was ready to you know, move on with the rest of the story, and I thought this nicely finished mm. up the beginning. Uh, as the title so nicely puts it, the end of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say the first episode is still my favorite kind of far, by far and away. Um, the second episode is still my least favorite, and this one falls somewhere in between. Okay. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I have to echo Kayla's thoughts for the most part. Yeah, I think this is the better of the two after the pilot. Um, it's uh, seems a little... It's <laughs> it's better edited. It's better everything, like a little bit, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, yeah. I, like, I just I liked it better. Um, uh, you know some interesting sort of things that we saw about people who aren't in favor, you know, at the moment, people who've fallen away from the Starfleet way that we can talk about that are Mm -hmm. kind of interesting and maybe controversial slightly about what we've seen of the 24th century before. Um, And uh, yeah, another shout out, of course, to like the, uh, the actors you play, (laughs) Laris, and Jaban, who like again had a lot of good stuff to do this week, and it's really sad that we're basically done with them at this point. Yeah. Yeah. At least for now. At least for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, I feel like this episode had the most fan service, and it was starting to, it's starting to edge into the, in my opinion, too much fan service category. How so? Um. Well, we can talk about some of the specific moments, but things like. You know, the little, like, Picard glances at the chair and, like, almost sits down and thinks, no, 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 now is not the time. Yeah. And it's just, like, little things like that that are just, like, played a little heavy and it just felt like, I don't know. Because I don't, no, I don't, I don't need much fan service at all. And it, it, this was, I felt this one had more than the first two. Hmm. All right. Overall, I thought this was... To echo both your feelings. I thought this was a good episode. Uh, it definitely flowed better than the first two. Like there's no, there were no awkward like wedged in sequences in this one. Like it, it, it's yeah. tight. It yeah. moves very nicely. It doesn't feel like there's any kind of wasted t- space or anything else. It is. It's very confident in the story it's telling from beginning to end, and that's this mm. is the first time since I've been watching the show that I felt that way. Yeah, I think that expansion from two to three episodes is to blame you know it what af- i mean it affects yeah it affects the first two more than the third i think yeah i think so too 
yeah. Uh, overall, you know, there's some goofy stuff in this that we can go over, but overall, I thought it was a fairly strong segment. All right, so let's uh, dig into the specifics, shall we? Mm-hmm. So, Kayla, did you want to emphasize a little bit more on the fan service, or do you want to hold on to that for a little while? Um, I'll, I'll just pick up on it as we go along. I think there are just a couple of moments that stood out to me, so I'll just mention them as we go along. Okay. So one of the early things that we see is a flashback to 2385 when Picard is still in Starfleet and an Admiral, and we see him and Rafi interacting, and we learn a lot more backstory about what was happening after the attack on Utopia Planitia and the subsequent fallout with the Romulans. And we learn that um, Picard decides to resign in light of the behavior exhibited by Starfleet. And for some reason, which I do not quite understand, Rafi thinks it's going to endanger her entire career. Well, and it does, apparently. It does, but we can get into that a little bit later. So anyway, so that so they cover a lot of stuff in that. Well, Picard doesn't just resign. He throws it out there as a bluff almost, and then they take him up on it. And they call his bluff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of an important distinction. Because, of course, he comes out kind of, you know, gobsmacked. Like, I never thought they would take... My, you know, my resignation. Like he couldn't believe yeah. that's what they they took it, and they said, "Fine, mm-hmm. <laughs> go yeah. live on your vineyard, get out." You know, like that hurt. Whatever. That moment hurt. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Um, the Raffi thing is unfortunately not spelled out, but I believe where this is going, and it comes from, you know, kind of things that the actors have fleshed out about their characters and some implications here and there that. It sounds like Raffi was not exactly an exemplary officer. She just she had a knack for uh, analysis and was like a preeminent Romulan specialist. You know, specialist on like analyst for you know Romulan activity or whatever. And so I think what's going on and again, totally unspoken. This is just sort of filling in between the lines, and it's a guess, of course. Is that it, my guess is? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And Michelle Hurd has said that at least in her mind, and I don't know if this is part of her biography or something that people told her, Rafi was also already uh, had problems with substance abuse before. So this is not like a new thing. It kind of sounds like she's a troubled, like kind of reject officer anyway. And her, uh, you know, and then Picard saw the, the, you know, the attributes that made her unique and like, useful to him and kind of vouched for her and so then if you figure like he resigns you know in protest and and as a bluff sort of and he takes it like well probably Rafi's reputation goes down the tubes with him you know what I mean like I think that's where they were going with that Mm -hmm. they're just like like that you were you know Rafi was already on thin ice he was vouched he vouched for her well his reputation means nothing because he's gone now. So right. guess what? You're gone too, you know? Yeah, thanks a lot, well, JL. I yeah. do have a couple <laughs> things to say about that, though. Yes, that's go ahead, not Brian. Spelled please, out. please that's do. That's not spelled out. Right. No, it's not at all. <laughs> it's That's headcanon, basically, mm-hmm. to fill in the gaps. Essentially, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they will, you know, we'll learn a little bit more about that. And But they kind of, I kind of, that was one of the things that threw me off because I'm like, she's an officer. In right. She should be reassigned is, somewhere, not kicked yeah, out. Yeah, she should be reassigned, yeah. and, and you know, she shouldn't be kicked 
kicked to the curb and you know if she has a substance abuse problem you know if you work for any service right now or hell you work from almost any corporation they will provide you with they'll give you an option counseling. yeah some, some ability well, you know? depending so, on the so, substance yeah right right but so it's hard to say so i i guess we'll see but that kind of left out of me like why would it yeah completely it, ruin it, her life it doesn't make a ton of sense unless you figure she was already like on thin ice before then they were just like well the person who was sort of vouching for right. you and protecting you kind of like is out so you're out you know right but yeah, the as patron, you say, totally basically. unsaid, like not clear, not made clear. Yeah. Just kind of pieced right. together from what we know. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But we do learn a lot of backstory about what happened. You know, the Federation reacted poorly to the attack on Utopia Planitia. Yeah. And... To say the, they certainly did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty damn poor, the way they reacted. Yeah. So... I guess that's you know it, they've they're starting to give us more back more and more you know background on what actually happened and the political fallout from it. So what do we think about all of this? Uh, this you know does it? I, I think it's still I'm in the same position. I'm like in a wait and see. I think they're going to keep peppering in more and more of the story of what you know what really happened surrounding these events as we go on maybe throughout the whole season. I think so. Yeah, because they seem to be pretty good at about like introducing little bits and pieces and then like cutting to a flashback that helps us piece something together. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're trying to string us along to, to keep us, you know, curious about what happened. Could very well be. We do have seven episodes to go. We do. We do. So we go past the flashback and we are now in present day and he goes to Picard goes to visit her. Yep. As just like he did in the previous episode, and she's basically living in, I guess, the 24th century equivalent of a trailer. Yeah, <laughs> looks like. I it. mean, it is a trailer, right? Basically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And lo and behold, she lives at Vasquez Rock. We get our lower third with the it's with we the, do. The, the like title card thing. So yeah, spelling out. So we talked about Vasquez Rock. We, we talked about right. it on the podcast last week about we were we were missing that title card to confirm that this was indeed Vasquez Rocks, but now it's official. Vasquez right. Rocks is a canonical location on Earth, presumably hmm. in the same location outside of LA in the twenty yeah. fourth century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and my goodness, it looks like about fifteen other planets, mm-hmm. doesn't it? <laughs> something, something, you know, geologic landforms are remarkably similar or something, something, something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but there you go, it's official. Yep. So Picard spends a lot of time, you know, trying to convince her to go and so on. Yeah, I mean, and... she's she's a mess and very hurt. And we find out kind of understandably why she's so hurt about Picard. He, yeah, he apparently he kind of just... has never seen her in 14 years, it sounds like. Yeah, that's, or, that was know, a little or... messed up. She's like, you never called. <laughs> yeah, that seems surprisingly harsh, even, you know, for Picard, who can kind of be stuffy. Like, I don't know. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate there and... Th- say that if Picard felt super guilty about her being drummed out of the service, he may not have known how to dealt with, deal with it. Yep. Yeah. That's that, that's, that's true. true. That's the that's the flip side. That, that could be very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so maybe we'll we'll see more about that. They may have a, I mean I I assume before the season ends the two of them are going to have some big heart to heart. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um 
And then there was this controversial controversial <laughs> element to this whole thing, which I don't really think is a big deal, but a lot of people were rubbed that it, it rubbed them the wrong way. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. She she vapes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Snake leaf. Snake leaf, according to Michael Shabon. It said she said that in the no, she says it in the yeah. show. Oh, does yeah, yeah. she? Okay, okay. I, I think I must have missed it then. What, Snake leaf, like whatever it's, it's that clearly is. Clearly weed. No, oh, yeah, whatever that is. But yes, Snake come leaf. On. Like, come on. Come on. I, I this was I think people glommed onto it so much because it was one of I can't wait to talk about the other moment. It was one of two very distinct moments where you're like pulled out of yeah. twenty fourth century and into the twenty first. I mean, let's just say vaping is so incredibly like twenty nineteen when this was written. You it know, like dates it's it. so right. and it's a and it's very mockable twenty nineteen. It is a lot yes, of people a lot of it people is. who vape it, get mocked. Exactly. It's very much like today. And that's the bummer about it, is like yeah. it unfortunately just makes it look see like if they had shown this vaping stuff in, in 1989 that would have been like ooh, fancy futuristic future smoking. yeah right that would have yeah. made sense now it's like well what are you like a dumb teenager who vapes you know what i mean like it's it's yeah, what is that like actually. cotton candy flavored <laughs> exactly well and they so it's unfortunate and it's, it's just a regular vape they didn't even dress it up no they didn't even try really it just looks <laughs> it looks exactly like a vape pen yeah sort yeah yeah, I mean, I thought that the vaping aspect was ridiculous, but I didn't. It didn't bother me that somebody was actually using. That doesn't substance. bother me as much either because no, she's either. clearly like, look, she's living on her own. She's down and out. Living like she's going to grow she's whatever she's going to grow in the middle yeah. of the desert. All right, fine. Right, yeah. she's self medicating. Yeah, yeah, it's self medicating. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Right, and as we've seen, yeah, but I think some people were all bent out of shape about that too. Like, oh, there'd be no smoking by then. I'm like, yeah, um, people are always. Well, no, no, no. The other drink. smoke, yeah. the other smoking yeah. is one we could talk about, but this one bothers me personally. Bothers me much less than the actual smoking that we get to. Fair enough. All right, and then we finally meet our captain for this journey. Mm-hmm. Now Jean-Luc Picard, but a, <laughs> nope. former, but a former Starfleet officer named Cristobal Rios, mm-hmm. yep. who, when we meet him, has a giant hunk of metal inexplicably blasted into <laughs> yeah, his shoulder. That yeah, that was a little goofy. And he's sitting there arguing with his EMH. Who looks just like him, basically. Yeah. That part's weird. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I kind of liked it, though. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I liked, liked it. it. I, liked I thought it, it says something yeah. about his character. It definitely yes, does. Yes, I thought so too. Like he prefers yeah, absolutely. to have versions of himself around him and like no one else. Like, yeah. all right, hmm, yeah. So, I have to admit, I was a, I was like a little bit pleasantly surprised by this character. I was not looking forward to this character mm-hmm. based on the previews. Sure. I thought this was mm. going to be like very tropey, you know, smarmy. Um, Han Solo Rios, basically. Yeah, smarmy, like rebel pilot, like, and just like, you know, he just hates everything, but he's got a heart of gold, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly, Han Solo. Um, But he was more three dimensional than that. And his intro, I thought, was a little weird with the metal in his arm, and he didn't even show any kind of pain. And it was like a very severe wound. Like yeah, it, it looked gnarly. Like yeah. if you get like a little chip, chip of metal in your body, it hurts like hell. And this was like this giant hunk of thing. And like, how does that even happen? So that was a little bit much for me. But um, like it was just like trying to show how tough he is. And he doesn't even want any of the EMH like healing stuff. And he just wants to like pour liquor on it or whatever. I uh, know. He pours the shot on it and then has like the EMH yeah. rip it out. And then the EMH is like, you know, I have a dermal regenerator. And he's like, nah, screw that. Like I want to. 
gnarly infected scar. Like, right. no, what? Yeah, that was kind of dumb. Like, yeah. But I still, like I said, I actually really like this character more than I thought I was going to like him. And I'm very open to learning more about him. Oh, for sure. And I think it helps that essentially we learn facets of his personality through his holographic, like, cohorts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Pieces of his psyche. Yeah. Because uh, especially his his uh, navigational hologram, it's the kind of sassy Irish one. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that accent, though. Oof. Yeah, I know. I, I guess they were like, oh, the hairstyle change isn't enough. They all need to have different accents so you can be sure, you, you know, that's not... <laughs> the original one i don't know mm-hmm. but it's yeah that part is a little iffy. yeah but i do like that he basically said call you know calls him out and is like you know this is for like picard you know picard like you you don't want to do this like you're not gonna help this guy out even though you're like starstruck and you don't want to admit it mm-hmm. you know like it was it was nice like yeah 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 but he does remind me a lot of han Oh yeah, they I mean, definitely. He's like, clearly took a Han Solo analog. Yeah, Rebel with yeah a heart there's gold. no question. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He totally, the, he totally is like Han. There's another sort of troubling thing that is very Discovery esque that's in this Rios backstory that I don't like at all, which is that he was part of some secret mission that he t- says was scrubbed from Starfleet records. Oh yeah, I did a major uh, yeah. at that moment. Puke? Yeah. What is this? Secret, 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 secret. Lots of secrets. Why Why is this the thing now that apparently Starfleet does? Even though this is a very not normal thing for them to do at all. Yeah, I did but not ever like since, that. But apparently since they can scrub the Discovery out of existence, they can scrub anything out of existence. But they can't because like, you can't they erase can't. information. No, and like, and you can't erase Rios. He's got it in his head, and it, and this poor guy is really, uh, you know, PTSD from all kind. Of, like, he literally yeah. says he saw his captain's brain splattered on the bulkhead. You know, like, yeah, no, he doesn't forget. Like, ugh. anyway, that little line, I was like, why? Why did you even need to put that in there? I agree. Just say it was unless like it, a, unless a, that a, unless that's gonna pay off later somehow. I I don't. I don't know if it will. I, I think they just it wanted it in there. I don't. Yeah, I don't want them too. to go back to deal to deal with that because I don't want. I want to just pretend that that didn't happen. Because that's just, that's <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. We, we've yes. We've talked about that at length, so, but in our discovery podcast. But yeah. So so that concept is just doesn't make a lot of sense, and it doesn't really fly. You know, like all right. So I was I was um, sort of bummed to hear that little throwaway. I was like, really? Okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of that character and and seeing what he's really made of. Yes. He's clearly going to he's clearly going to become a good guy and, you know, who knows, may end up reinstated in Starfleet one day, that kind of a deal. I mean, JL himself hits it on the head and he goes, "Look, you're keeping everything ship-shaped like in Starfleet, you know, protocol." Right. Like Yeah. Yeah, apparently so. even the way he packs things away is very Starfleet regulation. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick is. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but like Picard's energy level is going up. Oh yeah, the the more he's engaged in this, like the more... yeah, his, even his voice is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Like everything's going up. Well, and he got and he, and he instantly felt re-energized, like setting foot on a spaceship again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, yeah, he changed again. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it's not, but just a nice little. Patrick is clearly charting his character out really well. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a surprise, of course. No. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's nice to see. Like, he really is starting to turn 
back into his old self as much as he can for a 92-year-old man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's about time for him to leave. He's packed everything up, Jean-Luc, and he's about to leave the chateau. He's talking to Laris about you know, I, I that last minute business and whatnot. I think they talk about the uh what the night when the grapes are about to be ripe. Yeah, I forget. They they go through a bunch of like business time regarding on, Yeah, it's harvest time. Yeah. So Yeah, they're they're going through a bunch of, of that. And then out of nowhere mm-hmm. the Tal Shiar show up. Or whatever or the they are. Jadbash. Or the Jadbash. We don't really which, know. Which are which are sort of wrapped inside of the Tal Shiar, so Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We don't both, really know. Yeah, they're one yeah, 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 for sure. In theory, yeah. So how many of those were there? How many was there? Like five of them? Yeah. There were a lot. And, and as I, uh, did you, I think you said this first, Brian. So I think you yeah. should say it. But I've seen it yeah. repeated a few pla- all over yeah. the internet. Yeah, the Tal Shiar <laughs> are officially the stormtroopers of the Star Trek. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, hundred. I mean, shoot these guys, shit. these guys come in with like heavy ordnance. They're wearing armor, and a ninety-two-year-old man and two middle-aged Romulans beat the shit out of them. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> Picard literally takes like his walking cane to one at one point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yo. That's yeah. I mean, I do like that they go all kind of Mister Mrs. Smith on them and have like hidden weapons ready just in case shit like this goes down. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I just thought it was funny. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's, like they're 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 no threat. They they're, no. they're telling us after three episodes, they're telling us that the Tal Shiar is no threat. Yeah. Not really. After they, it's they, action movie cliche right there. You know, they took they yeah. took down um, Dodge, who's like this weaponized android right and like in one fell swoop and then yeah exactly this like like three old folks like they couldn't even take they were taking them it was like the whole thing where the the villains all like wait around in a circle and then attack one at a time (laughs) (laughs) so anyway near the end it looks like the jig is up there's one tal shiara who's got the he's got the drop on them basically yeah and gerardi Shoots him. Yep. She just kind of walks up just in time. That was, just in that time. That was interesting. Yeah, I thought so. Mm-hmm. It is quite I curious, mean, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that I think she's... I mean, she, she then tells Picard that she wants to go on the trip with him. Picard doesn't question it, really. He's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he likes her already, and she is a top, yeah, no, top yeah. expert. So you can see why he'd be like... Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. And she makes a pretty convincing argument for herself. She does. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going on the trip now. And personally, I think she might be a mole. It, because she's visited by like our it. favorite. Yeah. Oh, no, Brian. Well, we'll talk. We can talk about it. I don't think. Well, we kind of have to. No, yeah. I know. I just mean like, oh, no, you're probably right. And that's us. Yeah. But she's unwitting. Well, but unwitting. I, I think right? it's. I think it's unwitting. Yeah, yes. But yeah. my guess is it's unwitting. Right. So let's let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it. now. There's a potential spoiler we're about to get into. Well, yeah. Let's we'll call it out when we get there. But go ahead and talk yeah. about what we saw in the episode first. Okay. Yeah. So she's like listening to music, having a grand old time. She's hanging out on her lunch break. She works at the day <laughs> Yeah. She's on a lunch break in Japan. She's in mm-hmm. Okinawa, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just chilling out, like most people, you know, a lot of people do, just sitting on the grass, just looking at the water, listening to music. And Commodore O shows up, looking about as evil and unpleasant as she possibly can. 
with her sunglasses if on. If you didn't know, she's wearing dark sunglasses to make it really clear that she's probably evil. <laughs> yeah, but it's not really subtle. No. Can, can we please talk about the sunglasses? Oh, please I'm, do. By all means. so was by like all waiting means. to get to this moment. So, yeah, I mentioned the other moment that pulls you out of the 24th century and this into one. the 21st. Yeah. This is the other one. In fact, into the 20th, those are the most 90s sunglasses I have seen in a long time. Yeah, it's very weird. It's it's. I saw I saw a comment of something to the effect of, "What did they just like run over to like a PA and like rip sunglasses off of somebody's head, you know, and then throw them on her?" No, like, I think it's really. I think they bought strange. them in the checkout line at a CVS on their way to the set. <laughs> yeah, I don't even mind the style of the glasses. I get what you're saying, Kelly. That it would take you out of it. It's just that she's standing there. She's scowling. Well, and it doesn't do, and it doesn't work for her makeup either. By the way, well, and, but right, no it's one. pushed wearing, her ears. She's out. wearing the shades, and it's like it's like one of those cliches, like when you, you know, in like a, in a like a thriller where like the CIA agent shows up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, it felt like. Totally. That's what you, like it's like it's like this is like. <laughs> well, and you know, yeah, and it's totally like, or it's like the Matrix with like Agent Smith, you know, like. It was, to- it was yeah. just totally standing there because the, yeah. the sunglasses are from that era. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Um, that's true. But the problem, yeah, it just looked goofy for the most part. The problem, the real problem. The other problem that I have though is that people in the Star Trek universe don't largely wear sunglasses. How often have yeah, you seen? Yeah, them? they don't very much. Um, not yeah. super often. Not however, super often. however, we have seen them. Um, back in Enterprise, they actually were part of a standard field kit. Like if you went anywhere deserty they were issued sure but which again, was kind of nice that was like way in the past compared to this yeah. i know but uh, then we have uh, actually seen 24th century sunglasses uh good old reg barkley wears them on the beach in voyager so yeah. i mean they're around I, yeah I, I see i don't mind her wearing sunglasses it was just the way the whole thing was staged. right it, it, it's it was like, like it's hokey it's like ooh, yeah. it's like ooh, evil commodore is here to yeah. pressure you know uh naive scientist that's what it felt like right away that's exactly it's like was this the intention, very, i think yeah, yeah, I guess so. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. If I were a Commodore who is probably not what she appears to be, I would probably try to blend in as much as uh, possible. Yeah, you should definitely try and blend. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode. She went way over the top putting on the pretense of being a Vulcan as far as, like, every, like, sign and signal you can have, right? Like, she's got yeah. her offices decked out with artifacts of look i'm a vulcan i swear like you know i loved i think it was matt i think it was you that said you know imagine if you're like an american and at your job you just have like american flags oh yeah we were talking about that yeah right exactly john john wayne and teddy roosevelt it's exactly it's exactly that and it's like wow you were trying way too hard lady (laughs) yeah like something's up no one tries that hard to look to look vulcan yeah so then there's the whole thing that fans sort of bring up which is like why not only does it look cheesy kind of and like you know cliche or whatever but in theory if she's really a vulcan she probably don't need no sunglasses because they have the inner eyelid that protects them because they're used to a harsh sun you on know vulcan, yeah on vulcan and in fact like again go, going back to enterprise since it's sort of one of the more recent although of course theoretically in the past um trek productions though uh archer even offers to paul sunglasses when they're visiting the forge on vulcan and she's like Nah, I'm good. I have the inner eyelid. So we've actually seen like Vulcans turn down sunglasses. So of course that just made people really like, what? What's going on here? Like, huh? um, well, I was just gonna say the one theory that I hope is not true and we know is really not and should be rejected on 
ridiculousness but unfortunately you just never quite know with this group of people is that maybe she's from the mirror universe i saw that pop up a lot that's why she needs his own and i was like no please no no thank goodness that is not true so kind of a spoiler alert i guess we should say yeah let's get into like a very but no but before we get into that oh oh sorry go ahead so she visits Gerardi. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then after that, Gerardi goes. Conveniently. Yeah. To Picard and tells Picard that. Oh, visited her. She had been visited by the Commodore. Right. And so conveniently, not long after, oh, talks to her, that hit squad shows up. Right. And then Gerardi and then shows up. She happens up. to arrive just in time. Yeah. Right? And it's like, hmm, all right. All right. Now, maybe oh. we should. Go for the spoiler. So here's the the kind of spoiler. Minor spoiler. Very Yeah, I mean, really, we've all figured it out at this point. It's interesting to note that Alex Kurtzman was on their official podcast that Deadline does for Picard. And in the episode for episode two, so even the last episode, not even the one we're talking about right now, he essentially said, oh, yeah, both Narissa, a.k.a. Lieutenant Rizzo, and O are Romulan. So there you go. Like just like all the evidence points to, right? It's essentially confirmed. She's a Romulan, right? Which I thought, like, which is why I thought when everybody was losing their shit over the, the sunglasses, I was, I was like, guys, it was obvious that she was a Romulan. Oh yeah, it's obvious. Um, (laughs) You know, so I didn't understand. You know, everybody's like, oh, but Romulans and Vulcans are very similar. But they're not. That's true. But you have to remember something: the Romulans have been living off Vulcan for a very long time, like two millennia, I think, at this point, or something. Yeah, Yeah. and. the inner eyelid probably dissipated over time so, because it wasn't needed. Right. And so then an, an, there's a nice uh, po- um, scene in TNG Season 3, The Enemy, where they're working on a near-death Romulan. And Crusher even says, oh, we thought it would be like working on Vulcans. But there are subtle differences. Mm-hmm. Too many of them, in fact. So... Yeah. Boom! You want to talk about a subtle difference? They lost in eyelid. Like how, that's a pretty small difference, like as far as like overall, right? Uh-huh. But, totally. But boom, kind of covered, like right there. <laughs> boom. Yeah. Boom. So em. people who are like freaking, oh yeah, people like freaking out. It's like, look, this has actually already been kind of like covered in the canon already. Like, relax. Like everything's fine. It's just a cheesy thing, but it's not a it's not wrong well, or like you know, bad. And it's just another tip off that she is exactly. not a Vulcan. I think that right. might be exactly. intentional. I mean, they may have yeah, of course it is on her just to be like, hey, she's for those in the know, she's not a Vulcan. They, right. It may be a hundred percent intentional. There are other little things that the writers have done so far that does show a very very deep knowledge for track like little oh definitely even just like what they put in her quarters that to the casual observer in her quarters in her office um the casual observer would never have noticed the vulcan symbology and the the those dice things and everything i only noticed like one symbol myself um the idic and so you know that's very much a like especially for the fan the eagle-eyed fans who are gonna see this so i i think it stands to reason that the sunglasses are there for the same reason but they still looked tacky as hell that's the problem. It's the execution is the problem. Yeah. Not like that they did, you know? It's like, oh, you guys. So, find more futuristic looking sunglasses that don't push your ears down. <laughs> yeah, know. it was an interesting interesting way of going about it. Bizarre choice. Yeah, Bizarre choice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Can we talk? So can we talk about some other bizarre things. Um, sure. Oh yeah. Related Go for to it. our villains. Mm-hmm. And like, sort of, as, as I said last week, I've not. I, I, for me, the villains have been the weakest part of this. For the so far, they all yeah. feel very cliche, and I really dislike. I, I dislike. Oh, and everything, but even more so, I dislike um, Lieutenant Rizzo and Narek together. It's super weird. It's bizarre when they're together. Yes. It's 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 borderline incestuous. It's, yes, yeah, it is. This episode in particular, like, it's very weird. Like, what is about to happen between these two characters? Their brother and sister, <laughs> for sure, right? And they look like they want to tear each other apart. Yeah. 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 I don't understand if they're doing that on purpose or if they're just over if they're playing this cliche over the top and then it comes across as sexual. Yeah. No, no, it's it's sexual. I, I'm wondering if it is the over the topness and they just sort of are are missing it. That like I know. Her her delivery is very has very overt sexual overtones. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I wonder I, if that's intentional. Because it's if so, that's very strange. Yeah. That worries. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But, yeah, very creepy. <laughs> Twist. They're actually a husband and wife team of, like, Romulan spies. <laughs> like, that's and why they, it, you know. it, it turns out that um, little brother is just a pet name that they use on Romulus. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with most things we've seen so far. But yeah, I have to admit that these villains so far, these two in particular, and that's possible that these two, you know, we could be staring at a 24 scenario here where like, we're seeing these two as the villains early on in the season. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that they aren't the real villains. Sure. That, that would actually be a nice That there's turn. somebody else much bigger that, that, you know. So these guys could be kind of window dressing. For all we know, that's they true. may not be much. Be of, they may not be much that. of anything. That would be them. great, actually. Yeah. It's possible they are, which is why they're kind of cliched mm-hmm. because they're not going to be. They don't mean much. Mm. Yeah, good thinking. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That would be nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so boy, Soji, she has a hell of a <laughs> an encounter with one of the uh, former Borg. Former Borg. The XB. <laughs> well, the XBs. It's, I, I found yeah. this also interesting that they've set it up that all Romulans, because there haven't been very many, they, they say, but the few Romulans that were like assimilated, at least by this cube, um, all don't fare well when they're like separated and like tried to turn back into individuals. They're all, all Romulans and end up in the insane asylum, basically. But they're the only species that have this problem, apparently. You know, like other people can be mm-hmm. turned back to individuals, but they don't do well. That's it's weird. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. I hope that goes somewhere actually interesting because right now it's hmm, like confusing and, you know, just kind of there as a thing. But I hope it actually goes somewhere. Sure. I agree. I, I agree. I have a feeling it, I have a feeling it might. I, 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 I hope too. so. I do too. Um, it is intriguing though, right? Because this whole thing that there's a you know an expert in like ancient romulan mythology that's now sort of recovered but also kind of lost her marbles and whatever's going on there <laughs> and those crazy like tarot cards of sorts you know mm-hmm. that right mm-hmm. that show 
that show show two mm-hmm. show twins. The show basically. twins, yeah. Yeah. And I like that she's just like, which one are you? Are you the one, are you the one that dies? And of course, like Soji's like, oh shit, like <laughs> is my twin dead? Like she might be. Yeah. You know? Well, and 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 then the. Her, ahead, her perception of time was also nonlinear. Yeah, that's right. Because what does she mm. say? She, she says, said, I remember like, you from tomorrow. From tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Like, whoa, what's that about? Some wormhole aliens or something in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot going on in this. There's scene. a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was nice to see Hugh, though. Uh-huh. Like, he uh, unfortunately, I don't. He didn't really do a lot. Like we didn't give. He didn't really get a lot to do in this episode. You know, he was just sort of mm. there and was like, "Hey, I think you're really talented, Soji. Let's go talk to Ramda, who's usually like in isolation." <laughs> I guess, like, I'm glad it's nice to see him doing well for himself. Yeah, because I mean, he's the he's the quote unquote executive director that like they've been hinting at in the last couple episodes. Yeah. You know? So, that's him. Which is nice. That means he's in a position of, like, power. Has anyone figured mm-hmm. out... Sorry, this is slightly random, but when you said the executive director thing. Um, last episode, um, uh, Narek and Soji are talking, and he's like, can I come see you work? And she says, oh, well, sure, but you'd have to get the permission of the executive director. And she leaves, and he goes, actually, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Did anyone have figured out what the heck that was supposed to mean? Because yeah, was like, that means he has access to everything because he's like that's he's he's like well hooked up with everything. Mm. He doesn't need to ask anyone's permission, in other words. Okay, because he didn't go he didn't go ask Hugh for permission. Because now that we know that Hugh's the executive, like there's no way. I think that was supposed to be this ominous thing, which is like I'm so well connected and like have such high clearance, I don't need to ask anyone. But there's a like, difference between being like secretly well connected and having high clearance, like because having high clearance is being like overtly well connected. No, no, I know, I know. I was using that as like a euphemism. That's not the right term because it's secret. But you know what I mean? Like he doesn't need anyone's permission to investigate things. You know? It just seems that's how I took it. It, seems it was a little over the top. Because then if Hugh walked in, and was like, "What the hell is he doing here?" You could make him right if it was a secret. Well, mm. I mean, it sounds like. Narek is like cleared somehow to be there yeah maybe he does have overt clearance i think it's both he has a mission that's covert and he's also like given overt credentials which is <laughs> no it's true i mean i mean no, i like that no i just like the way it's funny though right yeah but i mean think no, about it, it. think, think about like uh think about like um sloan from section 31 in ds9 he had both like at, yeah. he had both real world you know a sort of overt like in the clear credentials to, to travel places. And then he, of course, also had his own mission. That's true. So, you know, some of each. Like, okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that it. was just him. It. Yeah, I, at first I wasn't sure, like, what that meant either. Of course, now that we know Hugh is the executive director, like, okay. So he wasn't sort of, like, maybe referring to himself. Right, that's what so I was So first wondering. I thought, like, maybe Narek is, is the executive director. and yeah. just, like, hasn't told Soji that, you know. It's like, well, I don't need it because really I am, you know. But no, no, no. It, I think that was just him almost being, like, a skeezy braggart you know it's about a, like a stupid line hooked up yeah it was to stupid. himself like okay yeah it was over the again over the top villainy stuff it yeah. was like i don't Ugh. need permission <laughs> exactly you know, it's like mustache twirly mm-hmm. oh well anyways let's yeah so yeah that's i think that's yeah uh what else about the cube um one thing we learned is that 
the um, special effects people love flying from the outside of the cube to the inside of the cube. Oh, yeah. Because they can oh, show, that, that, show all those layers of cube the that they layers. never could before. Yeah. 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 yeah, and there was a really good sound design there, too, by the way, as it was moving through no, the cube. No, it looked awesome, actually. But really they good. did it, yeah. like, a lot of times. But they liked but it. That is, yeah. But that is a, a thing that, that they've been doing since they started Discovery. Like, they like to go out and in. Yeah, they do. Mm. Yeah. That's a style. That's like a house style mm-hmm. with the with the effects artist that's just something that uh, it is just funny yeah. how there's <laughs> the only thing i could think of as they were flying into the cube and showing all the layers was that line from galaxy quest where um they say and then it's just straight on through the chompers <laughs> which is basically like why is this thing here well because the writers put it there Mm-hmm. yep and getting back to the sound design really quick when they're going through they reuse some of the sound effects in First Contact at the oh. beginning when you see Picard. Oh, and his, yeah, that makes and, perfect and they sense. they pull out, and you hear, you hear certain sound effects again. That makes this. sense. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice little touch. It's subtle. It's kind of buried in the mix, but it's there. That's uh, awesome. Now I want to go back and re-listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, you'll Matt, you'll know it when you hear it. Yeah, I just wasn't paying attention for it. But yeah, I'm going to go listen to it now. And uh, let's see what else. Um... Jeff Russo's score. You know, good overall. I bet you're going to well, have... Good, I agree. Good overall. I think you're going to have... Yeah, I, I tend to agree with your nitpick, Brian. So why don't you go ahead and say it that, about this. I, for the most part, I really enjoyed the, the music in this episode. Some really nice pieces in it. He needs to cool it with the TNG Thank theme. You. I agree. Yes. It, it, I mean, he, he needs to use it. But, I, but like, he, I must have heard it three or four times during this episode. It's like... I could get all right. I'll give it to you when he, he beams aboard the ship. Yep, that's fine. And when they warp out at the yep. end, those, those are the two, two things, places that it's okay. Yeah, it makes total sense in those two spaces. But there, when he's at one point when Picard is sitting down talking to Rios and they're just talking back and forth, it's playing underneath. Oh, uh, that's yeah, I guess it is then, huh? And I'm just like, why is it there? Like, I agree. I, 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 too, yeah, it's too a special, much. it should be a special, it should like it should, should be a special thing. Agree. I remember when. Michael Giacchino was writing the score for the first JJ movie. He deliberately withheld the original series theme until mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they had to earn it. And like you hear very subtle passages earlier in the movie. I think when you see the Enterprise for the first time or somewhere in that air, and you, you get like a very light melodic touch of it. But you don't get the full-blown theme until the very end of the film. That's right. And I feel like that... Is like that, not that you have to replicate that idea here specifically, but like, don't over, don't lather it on to the score. Like, use it, you know, sparingly mm-hmm, for for, ma- for for maximum impact. You know, that way we all get you know it'll you know tinglys up our back if uh, <laughs> yeah when we Definitely. hear it you know but if we hear it but if we hear it four or five times an episode it doesn't mean much nope i mean we hear we're hearing it more now than we ever heard it on tng <laughs> sometimes yeah that's true yeah so so i just uh, other than that but he wrote other overall though i thought he wrote a great score yeah like he's definitely doing a lot better i think better work here than discovery which again maybe mm-hmm. maybe more about what like the tone and the producers wanted you know than anything but like less about maybe his work and what the producers are telling him to do but anyway maybe. but, but I, i'm not really sure but either way yeah i like his work here a lot more yeah yeah definitely yeah very much enjoying what i've been hearing for them you know with 
but the, with the aforementioned nitpicks aside, it's mm-hmm. been really good. I think. Uh, the a few random things that some uh, I wanted to talk about just uh, quickly, because I think we're pretty much done talking about the episode overall, right? I, at think, this point. I think there's one thing we missed. Okay, go ahead. Which right, is go for it. um, uh, free cloud. Oh yeah, we don't know enough about that, but what the hell, huh? Apparent. My guess is that that's some, like the name kind of implies it's some kind of like, you know, in international waters anything goes place given its name but we'll on see on the planet of intergalactic yeah peace. i know right exactly it's over on nimbus 3 like <laughs> <laughs> they re- they've rebranded they rebranded it's now called that's free right because that yeah it, w- it was not a good branding before they had to try again yeah, yeah. <laughs> had a bad rep <laughs> well someone right. yeah. actually uh, um had a theory that this that this was exactly what it was and that is that what you guys are alluding to that free cloud was that because nimbus is a type of cloud Oh no, but that's actually really. You're right. It is though. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's funny. I I was literally making a joke. Yeah, we were making a joke, but, any associ- but that's any actually really funny. Yeah, because Nimbus is type of funny. Yeah, no. That's probably actually... too much. Too much to you know, like that's probably. Maybe. I don't know. Too I liked fan it. Servicey, I but liked I don't it. know. I like the idea of the name. Sure. Yeah. It's it's yeah. clever if true. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Fascinating. Had a little bit of a like Firefly vibe to me. Oh, definitely. With yeah. the like pop mm-hmm. up ad and the like casino gambling, thing. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a bit of that on Nimbus Three. Actually. Oh yeah, definitely Nimbus Three. In that bar. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and it's also interesting that apparently Raffi wants to go get lost there. Basically, is what we find out. Like she doesn't have an intention of really going on their mission. Yeah, she's she wants go to hitch a ride. And, and oh, of course she is, but I mean, in the beginning, yeah, of course. In the beginning, her intention is basically just to go, you know, underground and get lost somewhere in Free Cloud. Like, so it's definitely some place that's you know, neither here nor there. You know, mm-hmm. it's just sort of out there. I just had a goofy thought. What, what if they? What if Free Cloud really isn't just training Picard's like walking on the surface and walks past like a giant statue of Cybok? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> he like he goes up to it, goes up to it, he does a double take. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be that would be a funny gag. I would actually enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Or even if it's just there in the background. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Mm. Okay, that's the that's okay. Our, that's, that's our fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Statue of Sabak, everyone. We're calling it yeah, now. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the first cyborg sighting in 31 years. Right, right. Oh God! Can the triple blasted cat stripper be with him though? You know, like yeah. oh God, that was so bad. Yeah, it was bad. remember that pool table that really had water in yeah, it? Yeah, that was so weird. He like drowns the cat woman in it. It's like really, yeah, little on the nose there, everybody. Like, yeah, that was that was quite a. I want to watch yeah. that sequence again. I'm I mean, sure it's on I mean, it's, it's so the beginning of that sequence is actually quite exciting. Like they charge in and and use their like some of my favorite like phaser designs ever, which is they get to use those cool like assault phasers, and mm-hmm. they actually do a good job like taking out guards and taking out a spotlight and like they do. I I enjoy the like hold your horses captain pun about the fact that they're on a horse and he tells them that you know it starts out well <laughs> that scene <laughs> and then it kind of. 
meh, meh, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> peters it, out. It, it, like, it takes a sharp left turn yeah, in Albuquerque. Does. It does. Anyway, that's a different podcast. We've <laughs> talked about Star Trek V. <laughs> <laughs> One can never talk enough about Star Trek V. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so, Poor Bill. <laughs> he tried. He tried. Um, he did. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a nice little bit of uh, kind of explanation that, in theory, didn't need explanation, but it's nice if they're going to throw it in there along the line of the Klingon Ridge thing. But I think far less annoying and troubling is I liked that they Laris mentions that the the dude that they capture is a Northern Romulan because he's got like the ridges. So apparently, that's what you know. It's just a, it's a difference regional difference of sorts there's northern romulans that have some ridges and other romulans don't so they made a little throwaway line about that yeah that's cool it's nice and of course as we know like we've seen it there's a mix of romulans that do and don't have ridges all over the series so far mm-hmm. so that's cool like that's good it's a nice way to like say yeah both types exist like don't worry about it don't sweat it like we've seen both and that's true it's still true you know like so that's good. Um, a lot of people, to go back to Raffi, another thing people were like annoyed by, and I don't find this annoying at all, and I'm not sure why people f- got hung up on it, is they don't like that she calls Jean-Luc JL. Oh, I don't care about that. No, I don't, I, I don't understand the objection that I at all. I think it's because she called him JL like 18 times in the span of one minute. If you go back... That to, is slightly if annoying. If you watch that's that... That's true. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that is true. She keeps saying, yeah, yeah. so JL, what do you think about that, JL? I mean, JL, it's like kind of crazy, right, JL? It's like, it's yeah, like yeah. chick that's shot true. pop. Like, stop that's, saying that's, it. That's true. Did, did you know that they have this like pretty comfortable previous relationship? Here's here's how you know. Here's she you said know, it. Like, they call him, she calls him JL because they're like besties like JL. Yeah, they tried to. Yeah, okay. For sure. So they probably did overuse it. But I don't mind her calling. No, I don't think it's there, problem. But they should have done but it like twice. They overused it. Yeah, exactly. They overused it. I want to go but back yeah. and count them now because it's a lot. Uh-huh. It is a lot. You're right. It is a lot. But yes, yeah, we're on people... JL watch here. <laughs> JL watch. <laughs> yeah, it, it is just. It's funny though. People took major exception to it, and it's like if she's like his trusted right hand, like analyst yeah. officer during the like this Romulan evacuation thing, and she decides to do a shorthand, and like he doesn't. He doesn't mind, obviously. Yeah, like smell it out in his older age. Yeah, exactly. So, like, all mm. right, whatever. Yeah, I, I had no problem with it. Yeah. Except for the overuse. It's, the overuse is the problem. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Someone, I saw some tweet afterwards that just said something like, um, uh, Rafi only got fired because, because she called him JL too many times or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the line must be drawn here. <laughs> right. Exactly. No JL. No, no more JLs. <laughs> no more JL. <laughs> uh. Oh, the last thing I wanted to mention, though, is um, I think we've all sort of thought that Dodge and Soji's mom is probably a simulation anyway. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So, I mean, we all thought that I think she's virtual anyway, given the fact that, you know, how Dodge's mom somehow knew that Dodge was going to Picard without ever telling, you know, her Dodge telling her. And, of course, now her mom is, her quote-unquote mom, is lying to Soji about Dodge being alive. And then, apparently, when Soji gets sort of too worked up and too curious, it seems like the virtual mom program knows how to, like, basically hit the reset button, you know? Like, put her to sleep, basically. 
That was mm-hmm. we- a weird, interesting moment there. Because mm. she just falls asleep in the middle of like freaking out and questioning things to her mom. All right, I totally yep. forgot it's like, about that. Boop. Yeah. Almost like she was she was rebooted. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Reboot. Hit the little reset yeah. button. It was like, oh no, yeah. you you you've asked too many questions, you're freaking out. Triggered. Click. Yep. <laughs> so I'm wondering if that's Maddox controlling it that, on the other that's side. That's what I'm wondering if it's, it's or at the very least it's some like, you know, fake mom program that Maddox made for them. You know, like mm-hmm. program yeah. for them. Yeah. As like a kind of a keeper. Right. I'm not convinced exactly. Maddox is alive. Yeah, who knows? I'm not sure either. That's a good question. We shall find out in a couple of episodes, I think. Yeah. Because we're, I mean, we're we're imminently on our way to, like, Free Cloud now. So we're going to find something right. soon. Yep. Whatever that is. Right. Whatever we, that be. We, we have officially <laughs> concluded Act 1. Hooray. Yes, we have. So. Hooray. Let's, yeah, let's get somewhere now. I enjoyed Act 1, but yeah. I'm ready to move on. Same. <laughs> yeah, no, I enjoyed Same. it, too. I enjoyed it, too. Yeah. I mean, I, there were things about the show that I'm not crazy about, but overall I thought it was a pretty solid first three episodes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we just got to yeah. keep remembering that it's just the first three episodes. That's not right. A lot to and go that's, on. You know, yeah, that's part of the problem with reviewing serialized programming. Is it's harder is, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it sorry. Is. It's harder sorry, to do everyone. it because you, you can't, yeah, it's, it, it's tricky because you don't, it's so much that is left deliberately ambiguous. Yep. Right. So yeah. you can't, you know, so, but we're having fun, yeah, for sure. and we hope you are having fun listening to it with watching it with us. I hope so. So, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, why are you listening to this podcast? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, seriously. Please, please listen. <laughs> <laughs> please clap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, have we? Uh, I think we've covered all our bases. I think we've got it for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Till next right. week. Yeah. Till next week, or should I say, shall we say later this week? That's yes. true. When the fourth episode, Absolute Candor, mm-hmm. will premiere and will feature the Picard directorial debut of Mr. Jonathan Fricks. Exciting. Who, yep. Who, who will direct this and the next episode. Picard, with the, the exception of the, the first three, which by necessity were blown from two to three, all these are supposed to be directed in two episode blocks. Okay. Yeah. And that's how it started out. Yeah. They're all supposed to be two. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we're getting a double double dose of freaks. Mm-hmm. Sweet, which is always cool. Yes, indeed. So, all right, guys. All well, right. we'll we'll catch you next week then. All so. right, cool. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>